Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. <clears throat> I grab mine real quick. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we are counting down the hours to the MLB trade deadline. Will the Rockies move Trevor Story? Can they, apparently, as the conversation has swapped to extend John Gray, will any other teams make these big splash moves? Is Max Scherzer coming to the NL West? And if so, to which team? Uh, all of that, we're going to get into, uh, as Mark says, ready for some no trades. We're, we're going to see. Let's go. Uh, but hey, last, let, let's talk a little bit first uh, before we forget to uh, about the baseball game last night. A pretty uneventful affair for your Colorado Rockies, certainly with the bats, uh, only five hits, no runs, losing a three-nothing ball game that I had forgotten wasn't a one-to-nothing ball game until I double-checked the box score real quick here and saw and remind, oh yeah, that's right, Bardell got knocked for a couple there late. But basically it was Kyle Freeland gave up leadoff back-to-back doubles, and then no runs were scored for eight innings. <laughs> He did a good job, you know, scattering those hits. Only I think he only gave up one other double, uh, eight hits total, and yeah, was just incredibly effective. And again, you look at the the line that he has, and you know, only given up one earned run, and he's been really fantastic since coming back from the IL, throwing out you know almost a, a rehab start at the major league level, which uh, we know can be be very common these days. So he's. Man, he's really it's, – it's been some of his best pitching, I think, that we've seen, and I don't think I know. We all know. It's his best he's pitched since 2018, and you're like, wow, yeah. that guy is still in there. And we we kind of had thought with 2020 was, was supposed to be this big bounce-back year for him after 2019, you know, almost going the John Gray route of going back to Albuquerque to work on a couple things, um, try to figure out some stuff. And okay, 2020 is going to be the rebound. Who is he? Is he this guy that uh, can can garner Cy Young Award votes in the NL, or is he a guy that you know looks like a average Rockies pitcher, right? With a with almost a five ERA, is going to eat up innings and do all right. those things. And we thought somewhere in the middle, and he was maybe somewhere in the middle, maybe a little bit better than than worse uh, as far as the average goes uh, in 2020. But we weren't able to get the full season. Right, because of the pandemic, and so now this year he gets a chance to do it. We all think this is the end of his season uh, in March when he when he you know is holding his shoulder there, and it looks gruesome. And you go, it it could be the end of his career. Who who knows? You never know, right? right? If you think back to, uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on on uh, his name. I almost said Brian Anderson, but that's not right. Uh, The young man. The, no, the young man from uh, from Arizona, the the lefty who ended up breaking his arm twice uh, on the mound. It's gonna it's gonna be eating at me. I'll see if I can yeah. come up with it. But right. y- you go, oh man, it's this is all over the place with Freeland and his yeah. trajectory. And then he comes back from the IL, and here he is, like he's doing it again. And he's actually not just been the the average between his best year in in twenty eighteen and. You know his worst year in 2019. He's very much that that rookie you saw in in 2017, if not 
better, if not that guy in 2018. And while it might be a lot to ask for him to pitch like that, you know, for the entirety of a season like he did in 2018, you know that he's got it in him to do it for a good group of starts, a a good few weeks in a row, a few months, and really be able to carry a pitching staff that doesn't really need to be carried because there are dudes here that can do it well enough on their own. Yeah, I mean, as you put it, his his numbers are kind of balancing back out. It was the rough start, but he's sitting there now uh, with a 4.52 ERA. Uh, terrible luck, as we saw last night, in terms of um, uh, run support. So he's good with with the one and six record is sitting there. That looks really ugly. But as our guy Manny would tell you, there's a reason why you know kill the win to an extent there. Uh, but the 4.52 ERA, kind of like what you were talking about. That's one where you go, hey. That's okay for a Rockies pitcher, and especially a guy who just came off the injury, is struggling, been doing whatever. In fact, the advanced metrics uh, hash that out for you a little bit there with him at the season being at 103 with the ERA plus. So a little bit over league average, you go, yeah. But to your point, what you know, where Rockies fans are probably feeling really excited right now, you look at these last seven games that he's pitched, 198 ERA, 34 Ooh. strikeouts to eight walks given up just nine runs and 41 innings pitched. Uh, guys are hitting 238 on basing 281 and slugging just 344 against Kyle Freeland in these last seven games. And some of these have come, you know, it's been at Seattle. It's a good team. Pittsburgh, not a good team. C- uh, St. Louis, good team. San Diego, good team. Dodgers, good team. Dodgers, good team. Padres, good team. So that's who he's putting up that 198. Division rivals. Like, and, again, yeah. that's, that's a key piece right there. Times. Division rivals. Guys who've seen him before and yes. guys who've seen him like a week ago. And he's still going out there and having these great games. So you've got to feel good about where Kyle Freeland is right now. Yeah, the fact that he pitches against the Dodgers twice in a week, the second time being at home, and the Dodgers don't take advantage of that, essentially, is – is, is almost mind blowing a little bit, unless you've got a guy who, you know, has somewhat of the pedigree that Freeland has. And, and we know a lot of guys can have that pedigree at, at various points, but it's really about the consistency and we're seeing that consistency now. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's very much fair, as we said, to throw out those first four starts uh, he made since uh, first five starts, excuse me, since coming back from the IL and he's been, great since june 22nd he's been you know one of the best pitchers in all of baseball he had win-loss record as you said you know we don't necessarily care about that but he's you know it's gonna be him and gomber now doing it that's the thing is that we were waiting for so long but by the time that freeland came back gomber was kind of uh, on the il and now those two guys are going to be together going back and forth much like you know marquez and gray were doing it marquez and senzatella were kind of having that back and forth of anything you can do, I can do better. And now to see Gomber and Freeland doing it uh, and, and leading by example in that capacity is, is really exciting to see, especially again, him doing it last night against this Padres team that continues to add, continues to get this, you know, jolt of electricity and, um, you know, testosterone in them, you know, because by, by all accounts, Seattle went and, and traded away, you know, their closer and the team was very upset about it, and rightfully so. And again, Jerry Depoto let them know, look, there's other moves. They don't call me Trader Jerry for nothing. Like <laughs> he still made two more deals. He still acquired a closer, and it, so overall, it's good. But in that moment, you see, like, man, 
he and Dan O'Dowd must have had some fascinating <laughs> conversations back in the day. But Absolutely. Yeah. It's right, a vote yeah. of confidence. And and so even if the Padres, you know, as they're waiting to to get word about Daniel Hudson coming over uh, in, in, in a swap to bolster their bullpen, they just know, like, man, our team is really getting good and fighting for playing time. And, oh, yeah, a guy who started at second base in the All-Star game this year at Coors Field was on the bench last night. Yeah, like right. that's the kind of team the Padres have together. Again, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to make them out to be a lock for the World Series or they're the greatest team assembled. But like that's just how much talent is there, and for Kyle Freeland to be able to really keep them at bay the way yeah. he did for those six innings, it's just it, it can't be under. It can't be oversold. Uh, absolutely, and and as we've talked about before, look if he gives up the one run in the sixth. In, in his final inning of work, you go, yeah, okay. You know, that makes sense. They eventually got to him. They warmed down. They figured out the right strategy. They got, they caught on to what he was doing. He was maybe flattening out a little bit in terms of his stuff. And you go, okay, that happens. It happened to anybody. But we've talked before about recovering from that first inning run. And when they get you so quick like that too, two well-struck ground rule double, then double off the wall, one, maybe two hopper to left. And you're, you're like, oh man, am I about to give up five runs in the first? You know, to settle in immediately and and really shut it down after that. I've uh, again been watching the Olympics and stuff, and I can't stay away from the analogy. It's like falling off the balance beam right at the beginning, and then getting up there and acing the rest of the routine. Like that's so hard. You got it. You got to get back on the pummel horse to, <laughs> to mash up all those two things together. You okay. absolutely do. And and yeah, yeah, the Rockies were in that game, you know, uh, you know, before the, the bullpen came in. I mean, hey, Chasin, again, can get it done. But he's a guy that we've said that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's in that game until the bullpen he, game. Yeah, he well, Chasin is good in one he's, inning spurts. Yeah, he's very yeah. good. He's a guy that again, go back a week and a half ago, kind of highlighted, you know, who uh is on the trading trading block uh for the Rockies. I mean if you're a team that's not contending, almost everyone is. But of course, you got to be, you really got to be moved. Like again, yeah, Herman yeah. Marquez should be on the trading block. However, everything else that's going on right now in the Rockies yeah. world, it's it's just so much smarter to wait for the offseason again, have 29 teams bidding rather than just the teams that are in contention right now. And Jolie's just seen was one of those names of, hey, wait a minute, in one inning spurts, a guy who's not, you know, retained past this year and um and, yeah. and it's been very serviceable like yeah. you might be able to get something for him again looking at his track record and how effectively he's been but but to get back to my point it was that even know. even after the seventh <laughs> inning with this Shastin closing it down all they were was a base runner whether it's a walk hit by a pitch an error by Tatis which is probably more likely than a walk really if we, let's face it right um and a home run and the Rockies steal a victory and right. that could very well happen at some point this weekend with you know Gray and Marquez and and, and Gomber still set right. to start, they could steal a game very much like that. And as mm-hmm. again, as long as you've got the the top of the line starting pitching and, and the rotation that the Rockies do have, uh, one through four right now with Sinzatel still on the IL, you can steal those kind of ball games. And speaking of that starting pitching, a lot of people here talking about Jose Barrios to Toronto. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Excited about that. But then, of course, getting to Mark here saying, I'm hoping John Gray does stay for his whole career. Uh, would be cool to see him win here. He had that uh, great quote and a piece in the Gazette from Danielle Allentuck uh, about, uh, I just want to wear purple, man. And then the uh, the latest today from Thomas Harding tweeting out, and I've talked about this 
before that that they've been working on this for a while. They've been trying to extend John Gray. Now there's been questions about okay, was was a contract extension the best way to go? Now there's some talk of the qualifying offer, which would be interesting. You're you're definitely paying him more than he's probably worth for the one year, but one year deal as a pitcher is usually not a bad thing that kind of kicks the can down the road. But what's been reported today publicly, which is something I've been pretty sure of for a while, but just excited to see that Thomas Harding is making it public, is that, yes, from top to bottom, the Rockies want to sign John Gray long term. They've been working on this. He wants to be here long term. So most of this is just mechanics to getting to an eventual contract, whether it's an extension or you have to do the qualifying offer first and then work something out. It does sound like there's a great deal of interest from both sides in keeping him around long term. And so uh, I won't quite I don't think I'm going to be able to, to claim the hey, they did extend him before the trade deadline. I thought there was a real chance they would get that done. And I know it's a rarity and we've seen some other teams do it, but they've They've been working on this, these two sides for a while, and I'm really glad to see that the, the interest is fully mutual. And as uh, I was trying to find the exact quote from Thomas Harding, but of course, he's been tweeting a lot today with a lot going on. So if I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the full quote about Dick Monfort and everyone in the office. Oh, yeah. Uh, the club all the way up to Dick Monfort wants it done by holding on to him. The two sides have months to work on a multi-year deal without having to compete against other offers. So that's, that's where they're at with John Gray right now. Yeah, there, there's a lot of different uh, splintering or spider webs of how this could go and, and how this can play out. That's, that might be talk for uh, another day, but it is lining up where it, it, it could be very positive for the Rockies going forward with this. Um, and you know, it it seems as if they're they're managing this well. There, I do have that that worry about uh, the ramifications of this, especially if they don't get it done, and what it could have meant if they had started their negotiations earlier, uh, or if yeah, they had they more people in the front office. If, if they don't get it done, it's they've they've mishandled this all the way. But if they correct, do, yeah, if if, if, if they do becoming a free agent and going somewhere else next year, they screwed up terribly here and that and that's what it's about where it's like you go well actually right. it could still work out okay but if it doesn't you've made a mistake made a mistake you can't and again that's that's kind of the pr side of the rockies of like hey look we negotiated with him we tried to sign an extension it's like but if you had started that earlier even seasons ago but if you had started it earlier and maybe you had uh, more folks in that front office to to work on those negotiations while doing a draft and being at the trade deadline you might have been able to do all that. Right. No, no, right. If they right. sign him, all right. That, if they don't, that's yeah. where you look and well, all, all I'm saying is is that the the PR perspective is we came this close to signing him and we didn't, but we were close. And so it's not that bad. And you go, actually, it is because I mean had it it, it had yeah. been mishandled. That that's all we're saying, sure, right? Sure. It would have been mishandled. And the only honestly, the only downside I could see to a John Gray extension is that it means, and again, this is still it's still sensible that that probably means you don't get an extension for either Kyle Freeland or Antonio Senzatella. And that's just a reality. I think for all teams, when you've got a lot of guys coming up, you know, with a yeah. couple of years of arbitration left and, and I've, I've said it before, I think their, their rotation is strong enough where they don't need all five guys. They don't need gray Marquez, Freeland, Senzatella and Gomber. 
because they've got some guys coming up you know, through the system, they right. can use some of that money elsewhere. Again, when you've got a trade chip, you only have, you know, one opportunity to get something big in return. Like with the, the Jose Barrios deal, getting two top 50 prospects, uh, including last year's first round pick Austin Martin. Um, but, but that's, that's almost a vote of confidence and saying, well, wait a minute, if the Rockies did find not the fountain of youth, but they, they did discover this thing of we're going to, we're going to, beat the crap out of our young pitchers and have them pitch in these, you know, hitters ballparks and, and really challenge them mentally so that when they do get to Coors Field, they're even more of this finished product, then you don't need to keep older veteran guys around. So I, what I'm saying is you re-sign John Gray, there, there'll be ramifications, but it, they're all, they're all good. I think they're all good scenarios. It's not nothing's going to be perfect anytime. You know, sure, you give a two hundred million dollar contract to a superstar player. You know, even if we're not even talking about Nolan Arenado, there are those ramifications. So, if they can work that deal out, I, I, yeah, I think that would be great again because both parties want it. So yeah. John Gray is going to be comfortable being here. Maybe even taking a hometown discount, which benefits the Rockies and Rockies fans because now that money maybe can be spent. Not necessarily just on players, but on an analytics department, a front right. office that's making right. those big you know, 10,000 uh, foot view type moves. And right. so uh, it, it really would be, a, I think, a positive thing for the organization yeah. if they can get that done. The qualifying offer, pretty strong odds. I think he would accept it. A lot oh, yeah. still needs to happen this season. Oh, he would accept it. <laughs> yeah. There's no way, Jonathan. I mean, I, I would I would be shocked if, if, if you turned that down. You never know, I guess. But um. Yeah, yeah, you know it's um, it, it's one of those things, and and he came out recently. Goody recently said on the show that he doesn't think John Gray is one of those guys that needs to get all the money that he can possibly get. He understands. Yeah. He was very open recently uh, in public with Danielle uh, uh, and and uh, with some other reporters. Uh, he's been talking about uh, you know with Thomas. Um, the, he did that whole thing about John Gray, you know, publicly talking about his depression, which he's never really. He's talked about it privately before, but never, never publicly. And, and, you know, his mental health and mental health has been a big topic in the sports world as of late with Naomi Osaka and what's happened recently with Simone Biles. And I think that the Rockies have really gone out of their way to help John Gray as a person, as a human being, and that, you know, he's trying to figure out a way to keep this relationship together uh, because as he said, the, the poll quote from Danielle was, I want, I just want to wear purple. And like, you've, <laughs> you've got to at some point value that as a franchise, people who even through in your darkest days, just wants to wear your uniform and do what he can to make this team as good as he can be. So I would imagine with that attitude, everything you just said about him recognizing like, yeah, maybe if I give him a little bit of a hometown discount or they really should just front load the contract. Just pay him a bunch of money in 2021 and 2022 when you're still going to be building and then let that gradually drop off as he's getting older anyway. And you're going to need to start building new pieces and he won't have the same role he did then, but he'll still have an important role on this next team whenever they're good again. He'll be the old man telling all the kiddos how it's done here at Coors Field. And there's just extraordinary value to that. So I really hope they get it done so we can toast our Breck Bruce and our Breck Celtics and our Travis he, Coffee. He would truly be the gray wolf at that point uh, yeah. if he sticks around long enough. And I'll, and I'll say that, you know, while I think a lot of MLB teams 
would, and not all, maybe not all. And again, I, I honestly couldn't put my finger on a specific team, but we know that teams don't always do what they're supposed to do when it comes to the human being aspect, right? And we know a lot of them do, and they will help out players if they're having those mental issues and stuff like that. And we also know that some of them would provide that assistance that the Rockies are doing, but some of it would be lip service. It would be, look, the bottom line is you still got to go out there and get the job done. This is blank, or these are our expectations. And that's one of the reasons why the Rockies really are that perfect fit for him because they're giving him the help that, okay, maybe most teams would do that, but they really do mean it. But they mean it, yeah. Which, which not all teams, I think, really would be the case. And it's just a good market. And and, and then, again, this is his family. This is everything that he's known. Right. And it, it's just a perfect situation. And to my point is that the Rockies are the perfect organization that values the human being over the asset. Right. Right. Over the trade chip right. and all right. of those things. Absolutely, that has cost them in the past. I and yeah, for all the things that might cost them, right. and like say, it like does. talking in the off season and say, hey, let's talk about the NL West and winning winning that pennant, or let's talk about their winning record over this many years. And okay, that's fine and well, but when we're talking about, like you said, depression, that mental health piece, which is something that is starting to come come to the forefront more and more, and we, you know, people are you know reaching out. I saw Tony Reale, a guy from. Uh, yeah. That's all right in our wheelhouse talking yeah. about a guy, an ESPN uh, personality. And, you know, we all struggle with those things. And maybe maybe it's not even a label. It doesn't even have to be a label of a thing. Sure. It's just, man, I just get stressed out or I have maybe an anger issue. All of those things. It's, it's great that the, all of this, these things are coming to the forefront. Yes. And it's wonderful that the Rockies are, you know, hands down one of the best, not just in, in baseball, but, you know, in the world with – being there for their people, right? Not just being there for those assets, right? Like the way they handled Ian Desmond, basically just retiring out of you know out of a moral obligation to the world around him, and no quotes coming out from the front office or the organization about, well, Desmond stole this money, or hey, Desmond did this, and yeah, well, he's sitting on his butt, and hey, good for him for you know trying to raise some money in this charity, like one of those backhanded compliment kind of yeah. things, or like like you can tell they're a little bit pissed, like no, and and you would probably hear something like that, and that's a jerky comment to make. You you could see yourself hearing that uh, in in other fan bases or uh, or other front offices, and it would kind of just get washed away as just like, well, yeah, I mean they're right because you know they paid them, and then this right, that. Right. You know, but but no, like let, let let's talk about the person. Let's talk about the human. Right. You know, Sandy Koufax walked away from the game and, and walked right. away from guaranteed deals, and, and and a lot of money that, that he would have made at that time was more yeah. for for physical reasons than mental reasons. But no one looks back on him and, and says, "Oh man, you were a wuss. You did that." I mean, so we we need to kind of shift how we look at people stepping away, whether it's for, for of themselves, right? yeah, that's the, that's the for thing. mental health taking or the health of their of family or the mental health of the people around them. Right. Like, hey, you know right. what? My kids need a dad. Good yeah. on you, Ian Desmond. Good on you, John Gray. Good on you, Colorado Rockies, for being there for your people. Yeah, No doubt about that. Well, let's dive back into the business side of it for a minute. But first, that means we got to do our business side of it, paying some bills, thanking our friends over at Breck Brew for all of their fantastic brew. We do just thank them for delicious beers. We also buy them uh, pretty regularly and get them in a 15-can sampler down at your King Supers or at your local liquor store. 
can get a bigger one, of course, down at the DNVR bar for being a member of the family. Subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You'll get access to all that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats and shirts. You get a bigger beer. Oh, I said that already. Damn it. Doing the end of the show, read. Ah, you get access to the Discord channel, as I said. But uh, if you get the annual, we'll send you a free shirt and you just get to be a member of the family. Like, you get to come out, hang out with us. Uh, come down to the bar for the second grand opening on Saturday. That thing's going to be packed, though, so get there early. <laughs> uh, come out to the bar for trivia nights every Tuesday. Those have been a whole lot of fun. It's all a part of being a member of the DNVR family. And another thing about being a member of the DNVR family is that we hook you up with all kinds of fantastic sponsors to make your life better, including our friends at Manscaped. That's right, fellas. Time to get Manscaped. It is probably well past time. If, you, if you've never Manscaped before, fellas, fellas. Else. 2021 let's clean it up let's be better all right let's all be better <laughs> talking about what's good for your physical and mental health straight up getting cleaned up taking care of yourself so that you will be taken care of you want anyone taking care of you downstairs then your downstairs must be tidy get the performance package 4.0 comes with all kinds of cool stuff that lawnmower 4.0 gets you nice and trimmed up the most comfortable pair of boxers you've ever worn in your life really nice uh travel bag They've also got spritzers and deodorants, all kinds of stuff to make sure that you are the absolute best you can be. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's promo code DNVR to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. I, I think if we if we can get a John Gray extension, I think we may get an official, finally, a Colorado Rockies official Breck beer. Right. Like Gray Wolf, Amberbach, you know, yes. I'm trying to come up with some good alliterations, but well, Gray Wolf, yeah, because uh, he's got the red beer, so you can have some kind of Irish pale ale, yeah, the Gray Wolf, the, Irish the pale, wolf. Irish red ale, I mean to say, yeah, an Irish Could be something red, like that. an Irish, yeah, I, I think it, it almost would have to be a red, right, because of the the beard and, and hair, the or you could have a joint John Gray, Charlie Blackman, a real bearded boys. Kind of combo. Ooh, I you've, like got, you've got some options. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. One last one for you here since we're a little deeper into the show. Uh, Solace Meds. Great stuff down there. They've got some of the best herb you've seen anywhere in the world. They got concentrates. They got edibles. They got drinkables. They got flour. They got pre-rolls. They got stuff called CBN. I never even heard of. They've got your normal CBD one-to-ones. Anything and everything you can think of. And Probably some stuff you haven't even. Check them out online at solacemeds.com. It's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And use promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off. They've got a bunch of convenient locations. There's one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Highly recommend you head on in there. Uh, and again, if you're at the Wheat Ridge location, not only do you get 20% off with the code DNVR20, you will also get a free solace bar or king cone let us know what you think hit us up hit me up on twitter let me know what you think if you especially if you've gotten one of those king cones i'm not out in Wee ridge so let, let me know what you think of the king cones or those solace bars again at solacemeds.com we might even have some giveaways too i'm i'm sure on on saturday for our re 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 grand <laughs> opening we we need to we need to get have eric have you know create bob's burger type yeah inspired characters uh for us for the re re reopening um, so it's good that that some of you guys are reaching out, out to us and let us know. And and Mark, just to clarify, uh, 
again, with, with the money that they have on the books for their current starting rotation, I think if they re-extend and, and re-sign uh, John Gray, they would have money to sign one of either Freeland or Senzatella. And you'd have to think the Colorado kid would be the yeah, guy that'd be more inclined. Um, but you might not be able to. Again, if Gomber continues at, at the rate that he is, the money he's going to make in arbitration, with, with the money Marquez is making, again, undervalued, but still – you know, we, we had a, a point a couple years ago with, with the Rockies rotation being so young and making virtually no money. Remember the yeah. point in which Chad Bettis was your highest paid Rockies rotational right. pitcher, right? right? Like now you got, okay, Marquez is, you know, making 16 mil and now John Gray might be making 15 to 20 million, depending on how you uh, frame that deal. And then Freeland's going to get paid. Now you're spending a lot of money on that rotation. So you're going to have to kind of supplement with some of those younger guys. So Right. Uh, again, good problem to have. I think you can still have, you, you can still extend Gray, uh, but then you probably can only afford to extend either Freeland or Senzatelli. You can still get still get one more of those guys. Yeah, yeah, and and again, I you know there's a, there's a lot of things you can try to maneuver in in the meantime, but yeah. Um, yeah, at some point, that's a good problem to have if you've got too many good starting pitchers and you're not sure if you can pay them all or who you're going to have to trade. And and I want the Rockies to be in that situation. That's, that's exactly where I want the Rockies yeah. to be in two years is going, shit, how do we keep all these good starting pitchers? <laughs> I like, mean, and maybe at that point you start wheeling and dealing and bringing in the position players you need, or maybe the depth wasn't quite as much as you thought, but you're still solid because you've got six guys. But yeah, that's, that's the spot I want them to be in. Then it's just, you know, you need to to go well from there. Yeah. Efren Rollison some of the guys that Patrick has kind of alluded to, but not actually used their names are guys like Ryan Rollison, Peter Lambert. Peter Lambert. Yeah. I always forget about Peter Lambert. <laughs> yeah. Forgetting about Peter Lambert. Um, and and he, Carl Kaufman's another one I keep forgetting about. So they're, they're dudes. And again, they, they found Gomber to a degree um, just like they found Marquez. And so you go, there could just be this other guy out there not, that they're right that that they know, can do, and it's know, been Chris McMahon is making his way nicely and quickly. He was a college guy, so remember they've been faster with them. He might be here before too long too. So, and what about this, Drew? And and so this this will be your area of of, of expertise. Where uh, for me, it's a little bit more of a of a gray area, uh, pun intended. Aha. Is <laughs> it's probably close to a decade? Not exactly. It's maybe more like eight years probably 2014, the last time the Rockies had veteran Rockies pitchers. Oh, good. Right? Because we're saying, all right, Marquez, I mean, even now he's almost a vet, right? And so Mm -hmm. a young guy, you know, he can still impart some wisdom. But Gray extends. Now he's just, he's the guy. He's the the veteran Rockies guy. Because frankly, the Rockies haven't had Rockies veteran pitchers ever. Jorge De La Rosa I mean, is yeah. almost the only one. The only one. Him and Ubaldo you know. never really got to that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I've been with the organization for eight, nine years. Right. Chassin, not again, not eight or mm-hmm. nine. So I mean, really, it's De La Rosa's last year in 2014, I think. 15, yeah. Would have been would have been the last one. And we're saying, okay, uh Gray sticks around, and in a couple years. You know, if, if Marquez is, is still on the roster, I mean, now you have two veteran guys to yeah. impart that wisdom that 
Because, yeah, that, that's, that, in, that's an interesting that, dynamic. The Rockies have simply never had. No, absolutely never had it. The uh, You're 100% correct on this. I mean, maybe we could go back to the 90s, and but they couldn't have been veteran, right? They might have been veteran pitchers. Yeah, you have to stretch it. Almost like, you know, Daryl Kyle or yeah. Bill Swift or yeah, Pedro like, Stasio going, well, here's what I'm doing, but I don't know what works for everyone. Like, this right. is what works for me. Whereas John Gray can go, so – all right, Tyler Chatwood, here's his deal. Here's kind of what I saw to him. Yeah. Or Tyler Anderson or Chad Bettis. So, you know, Hoffman was like you, and it didn't work. And, it, and yeah. so here's what you would need to – so, like, you – you Jorge De La Rosa has almost literally been the only guy Aaron that Cook. has ever had that wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Cook, okay, you can include him in that. But, again, like, those guys, like, if their careers – overlap at all it's it's ships passing in the night it's it's just barely cookies career was also sadly cut shorter than it should have been and so that's the other thing because he had some health issues and he had a a, a heart i'm trying to remember exactly what it was um it, he missed most of the 2007 season with a, a blood clot thing or whatever and he, he didn't pitch he hadn't pitched for like two months or something and then he threw game four of the world series it was i i, I and i cried it was beautiful they lost still but who cares like for a moment like that you know it's just like aaron cook meant so much to the franchise but but you're right i mean guys like ubaldo jimenez and last long think about that 07 rotation that was so good it's like jeff francis sort of in the middle of his career he's another guy you might think but didn't have the longevity to really truly become a veteran guy ubaldo jimenez franklin morales were rookies uh and then they were bringing in vets from outside just like for that fifth rotation spot, like Mike Redman or whatever. Like, Mark Redman. <laughs> Mike, Mike Redman is the, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's actually really interesting because they've never, even you you went back to De La Rosa in like 13, 14, right? So he's, that's the one time they had that. But look at the guys around him. It was a rookie Jolie Chassin, a rookie Juan Nicasio, a very young Tyler Chatwood who'd not been dealing with it for very long. You know, those were the other guys in that rotation. So this, if, if they keep this group together and in two years, we're still talking about John Gray, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland, then they'll have three guys <laughs> now in that category where really maybe Dela and cookie are the only ones in history. So that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. While I am in favor of tanking, and while I think, at least in the right hands, uh, you know, the, the Rockies should go all in with that strategy, I would, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to be okay with, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be okay with no matter what they do. And they don't listen to me, nor should they. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to do this. I mean, it is what it is. But I would be, I, I'd be almost happy to see this quote unquote experiment, right? We are yeah. we just established, yeah. Yeah. never have had two veteran guys at, at the same time. Cook right. for a period of time, De La Rosa for a different. They've never had that. So you know what? That's something brand new that we've never seen. It may not be worth diddly. May not. But it may. It may for have those kind of guys. And again, two guys that are different, like John yeah. Gray and Herman Marquez, or even Kyle Freeland. You know what I mean? Like they each yeah. have their own thing. You got some righties, you got some lefties, you got Colorado born, you have international players, all of that. So you know what? I would very much be like, all right, if 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 you think that, hey, let's let's go with this route. Like let's give this a shot and see what happens. Because 
you know, there is there is something to this idea that maybe even under different ownership, the Rockies could just suffer from, you know, where they play and the uniqueness of it. I don't entirely think that that's true. But at the same time, the Rockies need to figure out because they're a small market team. That's the other piece. If 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 LA had all the same components of the Rockies, where oh man, with the altitude and and so many other factors, you go, eh, they could probably get over it and whatever. So bottom line is this it's would be a billion dollar TV deal, yeah. Ex- yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 that yeah, money's yeah. gonna overcome that. So That'll again, yeah. <laughs> the Rockies are just kind of stuck in that capacity. That doesn't really matter who trying. owns them. Things. And so that would be other than going all in and, and trying the approach that the, the Padres did with the Padres tank, like that was it. So you go, all right, fine. If you're not going to tank, try some stuff. This is some stuff. Veteran yeah. guys, two, maybe even three veteran guys at the helm of your rotation. Yeah. That's going to be really, really that's fascinating. Something. And it lines up. Um, it, the timeline might not line up exactly right, but the thinking uh, is very similar. I, w- I would say everything you just said, um, and and I agree with actually of your framing of it as an experiment. I think that that's totally fair because we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. And that's how I feel about the Zach Veen, Benny Montgomery, back-to-back high school super athletes in the outfield thing, where you go, okay, sure. that th- this is also an experiment that in a few years, whenever these guys are ready, and it's a long play with high school players, they might not ever. I look, Zach Veen's going to play in the big leagues. He's Zach Green's going to play in the big leagues. Benny Montgomery almost certainly will, but guys flame out. We, you know, stuff happens. That said, if you know, in a couple of years, we are looking at a team that's got a veteran rotation like they've never had before, as we've just described, and athletes in their outfield that they've never they've never had, even when that 07 team was setting records for excellent fielding percentage, and they were extraordinarily dynamic on the infield. Troy Tulowitzki, Kazuo Matsui, and Todd Helton especially. Garrett Atkins wasn't Nolan Arenado or even Ian Stewart over there, but he was as solid as they come. He didn't make mistakes. They had very good center field play out of guys like Willie Tavares, and and that was a big – Corey Sullivan and and Ryan Spielborgs actually all played. But there are corner outfielders – we're Matt Holiday and Brad Hop, <laughs> you know? And so again, it's back to that. They've never had like three just athletes who are really highly yeah. capable defenders out there covering the most difficult outfield in baseball, certainly in the national league. We've gone over it. What is it bigger? Is it not? We got, <laughs> I got to see those overlays, but of the, the most or second most difficult outfield in all of baseball to play. And I, again, and it's like you were saying, I don't know that that solves the answer that solves the the dilemma, but I'd be very curious to see it. And if those two things happen at the same time, then I'm very fascinated because you're giving your veteran pitchers now the best possible chance at success, because the thing that trips you up the most, especially at Coors Field is balls in play. Brad Hoff had a negative 50 UZR. Well, like, yeah, like, so right. If you've got Zach Veen in right field and Benny Montgomery in center, and maybe, I don't know, Tapia is still around in left. Murray's leading the league in DRS this year. Now, all of a sudden you've got a defense in your outfield. The Rockies have never had before and starting pitching. The Rockies have never had before. So you still got to wonder where the offense and bullpen are, but steps people. <laughs> steps. Yeah. You know, the, the, the goal in tanking is to say in five years time, look what we've got. 
Like we're, we're loaded. We can do a lot of things and seeing the Padres do that right now. Well, the Rockies can, cause they, they don't want to tank and, and I understand why and understand their reasoning. And, and I understand a lot of fans who wouldn't want to see that and suffer through that. Like don't blame them. I do. I, I wouldn't blame any, any fan base for yeah. that. But what we could say in five years from now is we know more about course field. Yeah. We know more about strategy. We know more about player development at Coors Field. And right. those are the things that the Rockies can do or analytics department, research development, all these different things that they can invest in. So that again, in five years time, you look back and go, all right, what did we do to put our organization in a better place? Okay. We did a lot, or we at least learned this. This is something that doesn't work. So we're never going to re-sign one of our own guys. Mm -hmm. So then we next, you know, the next version or iteration of John Gray, some kid who's in middle school right now that they draft in, in, you know, seven years in, uh, in 15 years when they be, when they're pretty, yeah, I know we're going down a rabbit hole. And then in 15, 15 years, when that guy is approaching free agency, you trade him, you trade because him you know, because you, you okay, know, the no. veteran, the veteran thing that we, that we were trying to do in 22 through, you know, 24, 25, whatever it is that didn't work. Okay. But you don't know that. Yet. So, you know. so you know what? Go for it. Go yeah. for it. Bring, keep, keep those vets around. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really good. Shot. And, and as you said, even just as someone who's watched Colorado Rockies baseball my entire life, I am very excited and curious to see what it will look like if they can keep the quality of pitching that they've even just had this year. Just watching starters go out every single game and give you a chance to win has been extraordinarily refreshing uh, and, and new and different from a Rockies perspective. Like they've it never is. looked like this. The, all the other stuff makes it easy to not care about because the offense and bullpen are so bad, like historically bad that you go, well, they lose anyway. So who cares? And it's like, well, I get that for right now, but you know, we'll, we'll see moving forward how much of a difference it can make. And if they really can build around these guys in a smart way. And I understand, you know, skepticism around all of that, but it's also been the case for 150 years that you got to pitch. Step one to winning at the highest level in baseball is pitching well everywhere. And I know some people thought, especially early on in the Rockies were some of these people that they could reinvent the wheel by being an offense first team. Coors Field, Blake Street Bombers, let's out hit everybody. And guess what? After 150 years of baseball, that still doesn't work. You have to pitch. And the Rockies have done that. They've they've tried that. They've had they've had the Blake Street Bombers. They haven't had the Blake Street Gombers. Like they they, <laughs> right, they haven't right. had that iteration. So yeah, it it is refreshing see to see that, right? And and you know they're never going to have a great bullpen. I mean, I don't know why they would strive to do that. I mean, I guess they could if they go John Gray. Guess what? You're throwing the ninth. Marquez, you're throwing the eighth. Uh, no, you don't you don't do that. But if you're talking about the three legged stool. Uh, at the major league level for winning, it's it's really well. There's defense too in there, but it's it's all it's the offensive side. It's the it's it's pitching with I guess maybe it's a it's a shared stool of relief pitching and defense. Yeah. I don't know how you would want necessarily want to break that down, but okay. they've had all, almost all of those components in in some ways, except maybe the bullpen. And let's face it, that's not really that sexy anyway. They've never had the, the starting pitching like this, yeah. and it's been exciting and hey if they're gonna go all in with uh with this veteran pitching 
maybe they bring back John Gray and maybe they re-sign Max Scherzer because hey. he, he wants to come to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, apparently, and we're technically the West Coast, so yeah. why not? Uh, yeah, let, let's wrap up with some of the other fun things going on. And and I saw a couple of people asking about Trevor's story. You know, we've we've hashed that out a lot on this show. We'll have more to say once he is or is not moved. Uh, but you know, I'm 50-50 that he is. Patrick thinks there's no way. I I don't think so. I don't think it's a big deal either way. I think the compensatory pick is fine. So we've we've mostly hashed all of that out. Uh, let's get into you know, some of the other things that have actually happened and, and are going on around uh, the world of baseball, because there's been some really interesting stuff. But speaking yeah. of really interesting things going on out there in the world, one of my favorite things is, of course, everything going on over at Ball. That's right, that Ball. Ball Arena, Ball Aerospace, you've heard of them before. They're absolutely fantastic. I really love the way they care about the environment. Uh, they've been, was it by 2030? They're aiming to reduce all operational carbon emissions by 55% across their value chain by 16% from 2017 levels. Uh, they've also been, uh, oh, where's the sustain sustainability rating? I always want to get this one and I, I leave it out, but the, there it is. 75% uh, of all aluminum cans that have been produced are still in use out there. They're out there making stuff that isn't just this one-time garbage that ends up in the you know, in the landfill or whatever. So when you go to work for ball or you buy ball products or whatever it may be, uh, you're not just getting a really solid, you know, jar can doing whatever, any of the things that they make a growler, nice, nice growler. Everybody out here is how to, don't pretend, don't even pretend like you haven't gotten some ball growlers out there. Uh, and uh, it's, yeah, it, they take care of the environment. They take care of their people. They've got extraordinary ratings from independent organizations that, uh, you know, look after all of those things. And so if you want to go to work for them, they're hiring right now. You can check that out at hashtag work at ball online. You can apply for a position at their aluminum can plant by texting golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222. Love the people at ball. Yeah. Good, good people, just like in the Rockies organization, you know, they, they care about their folks. Well, since we've been recording, Atlanta has swung a trade. Uh, Eddie Rosario from the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, like they him. also got Adam Duvall, a guy who was with them oh, really? just last season. Yeah. Uh, got him from Miami. Uh, last night, this, this was one that I kind of missed, even when it was happening, because there's so much. And, <laughs> right. uh Guys are like, you know, battling to be the first to, to tweet something out. And so it's right. like almost like half of a tweet in a <laughs> sense. Um, and so Schwarber ended up going to Boston. That That's a, oh, yeah. a nice little move, a big bopper one. And the Dodgers one, I don't think the Dodgers one is actually official yet. I, I think it's, yeah. it, it's going to be uh, Yankees acquired Anthony Rizzo. And we know they already got Joey Gallo. Tampa uh -huh. traded away their closer. Yeah. Yeah. To Seattle. So Seattle traded theirs. Dodgers also got uh, Danny Duffy from the Royals. I like him. He's a good pitcher. Yeah. Right now it looks like yeah, Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson going to Minnesota for Jose Barrios. That's, um, that's an extraordinary package. I'm, I'm surprised Toronto. So I, I, I'd have to take a double look at um, Barrios's contract. And I just said, you know, I love him. I, I love Jose. I Barrios. think he's got one more year af after this yeah, year. So yeah, I think that's what, what makes him a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like he's been around for a while, but he's still such a, 
relatively young guy that uh, I'm pretty sure he still has next year. Yeah, he does. Uh, so does Trey Turner. Trey Turner is another guy that has another year. Yeah. And so that's that's an interesting one because that may signal the end of Corey Seager uh, as an L.A. Dodger. And uh, maybe they're fed up with him, you know, seemingly hurt from time to time. We know some organizations uh, at a certain point just have to step back when a player is frequently and oft injured. And they just say, hey, uh, sorry, but uh, we're going to kind of move on. You know, maybe Turner, I think, only has one more year in his deal. So, you know, do they do they re-sign Corey Seager with, with, with him, you know, going over to, to third base, uh, at least when, when right. Turner's done after his deal uh, ends in 2022? Uh, not sure. It's, it's probably the end of, of Seager in L.A., but, man, that two Turners on the left side of the infield. Oh, yeah, yeah, the sure Dodgers. enough. Sure enough, yeah. Trey and Justin. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, this is uh, this has been an interesting, you know, arms race out there, and the, not just for the arms, but just just race. Almost literally, yeah, yeah. Um, between the Dodgers and Padres, of course, the most interesting thing being the hour and a half or so where it had been reported that Max Scherzer was going to the Padres, and that was right? like, oh, and that really did flip me because for a while here. And again, I'm I'm of so many like conflicted feelings and opinions and emotions when it comes to the San Diego Padres. And part of that has always been like, if they lose in a one game wild card, which kind of right now is 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 where they're they're set up to play in the wild card, right? The this time, year. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. But again, all again, and we can all we we've all we love projecting into the future, but if we're sitting here right now with all of the noise that's been made and it, even, you know, last year with the way that their season ended very quickly. And then if they go down in, in a one game wild card after all the noise that was made and, and all of the sort of preemptive crowning of, of, of them as champions, it's like, that's going to be so damn weird. And I'm not necessarily rooting for that to happen. I, I am because I don't like the narratives, but I'm not because I like the team and I'd much prefer that group of people be successful than the Dodgers or the Giants. So I would much rather personally root for uh, the Padres here. And then when I thought they had gotten Max Scherzer, it, it flipped the whole thing. I went, well, that's, that's massive. Like that, that completely changes the situation. Like they may not have just become my world series favorites, but close, right? Like if they land Max Scherzer right there, I'm going, look, even if it does come down that way, that that really is a going all in for a move that you just cannot, uh, you cannot fault them for whatsoever. But then when it got pulled back and then now maybe he's going to the Dodgers and you go, well, now they still have to get through the same damn final boss that they've always had to get through. And as much as all of this fun and, and noise has been made about, and Will, you're right. The Padres fans on Twitter don't make it easy either. Um, <laughs> no, but, they don't. But, it, you know, it's like, it's just, it would, it's funny and sad at the same time. If it just is like, gr cool, look at all of the, the effort and energy and, and all the great quotes and all of the moves and everything the Padres have done. And people have tweeted me like, look at them going. At least they're trying. They're really going and trying. And it's like, and then the Dodgers can just turn around and spend more resources and just be better anyway. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that definitely sucks when you got a large market team there like that. But yeah, for a, for a small market team, I mean, shoot, San Diego doesn't even have an NFL 
team. Like, like right. think about in that capacity. They're they're the only even when they did have professional NHL, sports team. Did. There's no NBA. There's no NHL. Yeah. That's yeah. it. They've got a minor league hockey team. The San Diego uh, Gulls there, but. Um, but it's impressive that a small market team can go and do that. And so I, I never interpreted that they were the best team in the world. I, I just thought that a lot of the praise they were getting was, can you believe that a small market team was able to pull this off, pull that off? And again, a lot of that had to do with tanking. So if you're against that, then you, you're not, you can't just I'm do not, that. You can't just be, by, yeah, yeah you, you can't just all of a sudden, you know, have the prospect pool that they did and be able to make certain trades and even sign veterans to front loaded contracts like, Eric Hosmer, there was even some talk about, I think I saw a tweet, something about, okay, could Hosmer go to the, well, no, it wasn't to the Rockies, but it was to somebody else. Oh, there, um, no, there, was, there was a thing out there about Hosmer to the Rockies. I don't know if it was fine sand or, or somebody. Uh, I, yeah, maybe it was. I we, we talked about it and then I'm like, wait a minute. Was that exactly what we just said on the podcast is, mm-hmm. is floating around as a rumor? Okay. So, yeah. um, so that I, I just interpret it as man, look at what they've been able to do. And, uh, and again, lock up these guys so it's not just a very short window of opportunity. It's it's a much longer one. But what you're saying there at the end is so true. It it, it makes you think back of back on uh, a time you know in in the late '90s, early 2000s when anytime the Rockies were about to, or excuse me, the Red Sox were about to do something, the Yankees countered, and it was just back and forth. And oh, the Red Sox got Dice K Matsuzaka. All right, the Yankees have to respond. They got Kei Igawa. And you go, right. who's Kei Igawa? Exactly. But right. that's what happens, that it's these yep. two evil empires. And so while I think the Padres 100% had the intent to get Max Scherzer, yeah, I don't think the Dodgers had the intent to get Max Scherzer until the it, Padres were right. that close. And they right. said, we will give you some – we will give you two – top 50 prospects in Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray. And right. all of a sudden the Padres, you know, get woken up and say, Hey, small market team, Which, you can't, you, you can't so, deal in the same capacity. And that's the other thing, right? Because if the Padres match an equivalent of Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray, their window dramatically closes. Right. right. Not, 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 not immediately. Like they still can be good this year and next year or whatever, but we've talked a lot about how they've had so much, they've got this great prospect pool and that's allowed them to deal from that, to be able to bring guys in, but it's not endless. At some point you, if you're not the Dodgers, you're trading from your future for your now, which is what the Padres should be doing. Their now right. is now. And he's they may also, never get another, they may now. not get another. Now they're in now. Now you can't go back to them. You missed it just now. You can't, you, you can't go back, right? So so the Padres are doing exactly what they have to do. But they still, in that moment, can't do that because the Dodgers can replace Kybert Ruiz and Josiah Gray with their $2 billion deal and all of their analytics and their draft. Because and, and they, they can just do that. And their window isn't going to be shortened because they just moved two top prospects out of their system. Their window remains endlessly open. <laughs> the Padres had to go, well, shoot, we that might be a little bit too much for us, even though we're building for now, we can't totally forego, even if it's just those prospects so they can do, you know, trade them this off season or trade them uh, next deadline for, for a team. Because when you're still looking at the possibility of going down in that one wild card game this year, that's not moving Kybert Ruiz and, and Josiah Gray for, but if you're the Dodgers, you almost certainly know you're going to get farther than that one wild card game. <laughs> Yeah, and and you've got guys coming back too. Like 
with the Trey mm -hmm. Turner part coming in. And so yeah. you're, you're getting then some, it's not just a, Hey, it's I, all in right now. We got some for, you know, all of it is now, but some we can actually save for later. And again, with, with what the Dodgers are able to do with, you know, operate with not just confidence, but they can operate with this assurance that because they've got money, they, they just have so much more flexibility and yeah, they're, they're getting close to the tax limit. I mean, going, going back to the, the Yankees trade with Joey Gallo, the Rangers are picking up a lot of the, yeah. the, uh, the contract of uh, Joely Rodriguez, the, the reliever Gallo. I think the Cubs are picking up the entirety of Anthony Rizzo. And because of that, because of that, because the Yankees are like, look, we can only take these guys if you pay down their contract. Well, wait a minute. Now we're giving you two things. We're giving you two things. We're giving you the player and we're giving you a certain financial flexibility. Or we're giving you the ability to not just have the player, but not get, uh, you know, go over the salary tax threshold and, uh, and, and suffer the punishments and consequences of that. So because of that, the Yankees have had to give even better and bigger prospects. And, you know, and right. that's, and so that's, that's something that, uh, you know, a lot of teams have to kind of manipulate at this time. And you got to have that kind of, of a prospect pool and, and for the Dodgers to be able to go and deal Josiah Gray, Josiah Gray wasn't drafted by the Dodgers, right? He was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds and he came over with Jeter Downs, a guy that they traded to acquire Mookie Betts. Um, he came over in a deal with the Reds where the, right. the Dodgers sucked up Homer Bailey's deal and the Reds ended up sucking up Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood for, a, for uh, a brief little run and go of it that they had. So the Dodgers, they so can take weird. it from all angles yeah. where they go like, all right, they can look at all 29 teams. This is something that if you play fantasy sports and you do it long and well enough, you can just dominate your league because you go, all right, I see everything. This person wants this over here. This person wants that over there. Well, I can make two trades. They can work with each other and 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 make the deal work, but they're they're incapable of doing that. If you've got the confidence to be able to see everything and you've got boots on the ground and you've got that gigantic analytics squad, you can go, I'm gonna take from you and give you what you want at a at a cost with some interest. And then I'm gonna go over here with the second deal, give you what you want at a cost and some interest. And now I got what I wanted in the first place, plus all of that interest. And the Dodgers are just dominating at, at doing that. And and Yankees have been able to do that with all of their resources. And it's something that mid-market and small market teams, teams can. can do that. And and that that can be frustrating at, at times. Yeah, it, it sucks. And that's that's the world, right? It's what's going to be addressed in the next CBA. And it's one, like what we were just talking about. I think that's why the postseason is going to get expanded because of what I just said. And, and if you back up for the 30,000 foot view and get rid of any and all, you know, NL West allegiances or biases, what you want, what you don't want to happen. Like I fundamentally agree with people that say, isn't it great what the Padres are doing in, in some ways? Like I said, I don't like the way they got there. And we've talked about that in a philosophical difference between treating people like assets versus treating people like humans, but they've played the game in front of them very, very, very wisely. And it, what I just said earlier about the fact that it could all amount to them going out in one game and, you know, yeah, okay. They could retool and, and go after it again next year and they'll still have a strong team, but could end up right back in the same spot. The Dodgers aren't going anywhere. And there's only so many postseason spots. So I think that's why the next CBA is going to be, you know, a lot of this is going to be a big part of it. And we're probably going to see postseason expansion because 
lower mid to lower market teams like the Padres that really do make the effort to try to be competitive, there should be incentive for that. They should be rewarded for that. That should be something you want your baseball team to do. And if the reward for that is they got to play one extra baseball game than the Cincinnati Reds and the Colorado Rockies this year, <laughs> you know, it's that's not a good long-term system for, for baseball. And so while historically I've been against expanding the playoffs because we play 162 of these things, win your division or don't go, it's special. Like I was an old school guy in that way. I've, I've completely turned around. Like if we don't want the Cubs, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox to have a built-in advantage, not one that can't be overcome by smart teams like sometimes the Rays do and we're seeing San Diego do now or whatever. It, it can be overcome. But just because an, an advantage can be overcome doesn't mean it didn't exist in the first place. They're starting the race 10 yards ahead of everybody else. That needs to be fixed. Uh, so that's what I said. I'm, I'm, I'm a million opinions about the Padres on this. I don't like how they got there, but I want them to succeed. On the other hand, if they fail, I think it highlights more the problem. If we end up again with a postseason of, especially if the Yankees recover now after all these deals that they were, no other team, you don't think other teams would have liked to have acquired Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo? And not have to pay them anything. And really not have to pay them. The Yankees, you know, they're not every team in baseball can do that. And so they've got to find a way to, to even that out. Otherwise the rich get richer, poor get poorer or really. Yeah. Left-hander Daniel Norris going from Detroit to the Brewers. Another latest move. We're going to see what ends up. Yeah, we got Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell. Cubs got a lot of guys that can go and move, and yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see this their their brief little dynasty, so to speak. Um, what what happens in the next in the next iteration of that, and how at this deadline, how they can trade away those guys and start to prepare for the next one, and kind of get a leg up and get a jump start too. Yeah. You know, that's it's it's a bold move, you know, to uh, but it's. Again, it, it is commonplace, but it, it's a bold move to, to trade away all those guys. It's not a great look. Uh, there's probably, you know, if you're a Cubs fan, you're probably pissed. Fans, yeah. You understand it, but you you can still be pissed, right? Because you got a closet full of these guys' jerseys. You're right. Right? From, from what they've been doing. You right. understand it, and, and you'll be okay with it, you know, a little bit later on. But right now, you're, you're a bit furious, uh, especially since, you know, you had those moments this year where you could have gone after it and it could have been okay. Uh, but – in the long run, you know, the, the groundwork could be uh, laid for the next run to the postseason for the Cubs because of what they've done at this trade deadline. Better hope See? so. You better hope so. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Because if it goes the other way, then you just pissed all those people off for nothing. But, yeah, it, it's, it's worth trying. Like you said, the last one, maybe this is a thing for once it's all in the books and we can do it. I was just going to ask you really quickly. Maybe we can finish the thought on the next show. Would just be is is there anything in the in the landscape from you know and and we talk whoever sold that's going to be a long term projection but just for this year is there anything that's changed in your what's the biggest change do you think like okay now I've really got uh, look the, the Dodgers are winning it all now or or they're they're going to overtake the division or are are the did the Yankees just save their season did they make the biggest improvement who so far I guess has most changed their potential 
outcome for this season? Yeah, that's a great question. I will we'll definitely have to dive into that on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And yeah. I think honestly, the, the, I feel like partly of what you're asking is like, you know, giving teams a trade deadline grade because then, you know, you can look at a team like Chicago and, um, and, or, or at, well, no, Chicago is probably the best example because they've been trading away some of the bigger names or even Texas. And you say, well, they weren't, they didn't help themselves this year, but right. how did they help themselves forward? There's like a flip side to it too sure. of getting grades. Um, but, which is but, interesting too, but yeah, I'm, I'm always just curious about how often does the trade 2021 season contending teams, yeah. right? If you're trying to buy because you're going for it right now, I'm always curious about this. How much does it really change? I think Atlanta has actually probably done a much better job than they might be getting credit for. And I mean, you go and look and you just go, well, they've made, you know, maybe the most deals. Um, But that's, I think, been one of the the better trade deadline stories probably in a while, partially because, you know, they lose Ronald Acuna for the year, one of the star players. And you go, oh man, that's heartbreaking. They had already lost a guy in Marcelo Zuna. Um, You know, again, him as a person is, you know, you could you could uh, put him in a category with with a couple other people that had been, you know, suspended here uh, recently for what they do off the field. Yeah. And and you go, man, Atlanta. You know, they the fans talking about the fans. They lost the All Star game. Yeah. They're 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 one of their starting outfielders. You know, is is gone from domestic violence. Yeah. Their star player, Ronald Acuna Jr., ends up getting hurt, and you go, and and the Mets aren't really lighting it up in the NL East, and you go. This is our year. This was our year. I think we all picked Atlanta, I think, to even win the NL East. And yet the front office, Alex Anthopoulos, is still going hard. He's going ham, man. And with acquiring these guys, Adam Duvall, Stephen Vogt, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario. um, And so they, you know, again, thinning out the minor league system a little bit, but they have such a young squad from when they were tanking. They were kind of you know, the team that was getting beat up on and, and they, they picked up all these draft picks doing that uh, pretty quietly and not as aggressively tanking, but right. nevertheless building up their system and saying, Hey, you know what? We might as well give it a shot, even though we're missing a couple really big pieces and Freddie Freeman's going to be free agent after this year. Uh, I would have to applaud Atlanta probably the most as of right now. Yankees, I think have, uh, I don't think they've got bigger names. Dodgers have the biggest names and and Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, yeah. but the Yankees have two of the more interesting names in Gallon yeah. Rizzo. Wolf. A pair of uh, of bats to add to your lineup. Um, and we still got a few more hours, and we're going to be covering it all. Checking a few things here. Looks like the Phillies are in on Kyle Gibson uh, from the Rangers. Um, Gibson's market's heating up. I think I expect him to to go at the deadline again. Rangers realize. Hey, look, we've got nothing to lose. I mean, they traded Lance Lynn in the offseason, recognizing that they weren't going to do it this year and 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 got a really good uh, return on him. So might as well do it for uh, for Kyle Gibson as well. Yankees still trying to get rid of Luke Voigt. There had been some talk for a minute yep. there, uh, Trevor Story for Luke Voigt. Now, I'd have done that straight up in a heartbeat, by the way. It, I don't think it was quite as simple as that, but some people were saying, hey, in order to make a Trevor yeah. Story deal work, they might have to take back Luke Voigt. I was like, I'll take back Luke Voigt. He's under control. He's making some money, but he's not making a ton. He's got a nice hack on him. He's not a great defender, but he's not a terrible one. And I think he would play well at Coors Field. I've taken that in a heartbeat. But again, it all comes back to what you're actually being offered. Um, 
anything else? Those are all the most recent ones from Fine Sand. So yeah, yeah. Byron Buxton is is on the market, and you know, I would say probably my 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 one takeaway is that what I, what we're starting to see here, and this this deadline I think really hammers at home, is much like the NBA where they just trade draft picks like three years down the line. And like, if you look at like, it's like on baseball reference, you look at the transactions page for a guy uh, and you go for, for baseball players, it's just when you've been traded or when you sign with another team right. and yet for, you know, draft pick, or players that get drafted, almost all of them have this big, long thing. You're like, Oh, 2012. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy was 10 years old in 2012. How is what happened as well? Because in that deal, when Chris Weber was traded to the Kings, yeah, and then right. this pick, and we're kind of seeing that with with prospects, you know. And you say, look, you've got a veteran guy at the deadline. Get something for him. Get a prospect to help your future. And you know what? We'll we'll get somebody else in, in free agency. And and so these guys are just moving back and forth, and it's just becoming more and more commonplace where teams go, yeah. You know, we're giving up this big prospect right now that we love and we would, you know, want to have in our organization for the next six, seven years since he's yet to even make his major league debut. But we'll get one from somewhere else because our window might be closing. So we'll just trade it for somebody else's top 50 prospect. And, you know, the teams that go out there with that confidence and, and do that kind of wheeling and dealing, they're, uh, I'm starting to notice that as, as a major trend is like, hey, there's going to be no shortage of finding guys if you just go out there and, you understand your window of contention and you know when to when to acquire guys, when to get rid of them. Whenever you decide to make that decision, you're going to have those options and opportunities. And damn it, we still got a few more hours left. And I don't think we're going to beat Scherzer. I'll say that. that that'll be a prediction. Do you think we're going to beat anything like a Max Scherzer? Will there be anything bigger? No, I, I, I think the biggest moves of – He has to be made. number one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a perennial all-star? Do we see another perennial all-star? I don't think so. I don't. I don't even necessarily know who would even be left. I mean, Byron Buxton is, is right. on a tier below that. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I don't even know that you would count like Trevor Story as a perennial all-star, right? He's played kind of. Game. I think we would, but you're right. The like, nationally, maybe not. Technically, yeah. he's not. But I, but I would. I would. I would count him in the okay. in, in that, that in that middle tier of of perennial. Not not a headed to the Hall of Fame yet guy. But right. a but guy. Next, yeah, I think that's right. Um, Harding tweeting out that the uh, Mets, Cardinals, Giants, and Blue Jays are still in on Trevor Story. So yeah, it doesn't. Um, Cardinals, yeah, we had. Yeah, someone that, in the comments that, section mentioned that, 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 and I'm like, great. I'm like, I wouldn't believe those. Rumors. That, oh, Thomas Harding said it. Actually, that's the, thing. that's the thing. If if Thomas says like, there's a, if almost anyone else had tweeted this out, I'd be like. Cardinals really well, but, but, but that's Thomas the thing is the, like Thomas knows shit. the Cardinals can pick up the telephone, dial 1 800, and then technically, yes. Oh, no, I but I again, supposed to give that number out. I'm so again, sorry, guys. <laughs> if you know, if you know how Harding operates, you know that no, no, right. But what I'm saying is the Cardinals can things. call and the Cardinals could even talk with Bill Schmidt or Dick Bonford, even. Sure. But are the Rockies really willing to deal Trevor Story? I'm not convinced they are, unfortunately. I think it depends entirely. I mean, I know it depends entirely on what they are or are not offered. And if they wanted to no, obviously. not trading Trevor story, no matter what, it may have to be ridiculously that. overwhelming. And again, we, we don't know. It just has to be more than the compensatory pick. But uh, again, it, it, it's just like, 
We're saying that, they, they I, but the Rockies aren't necessarily that, saying that. We that is that, that that's just, <laughs> I, I think you'd have to think they were really, really stupid to not. And again, Goody even told us on the show just yesterday. That's exactly what they're. That's exactly what the equation is. So, again, I, I think if their position was we're not trading Trevor Story no matter what because that's not what we do and we're not going to move him and and all of this is I guess theater or whatever they would have shut this down a long time ago. We wouldn't be getting that's true. tweets that's true. from Thomas Harding. We wouldn't be getting tweets from local reporters. Some of the national guys, sure, but we would not be getting tweets from Harding and Patrick Saunders about there being hardcore internal conversations with the Mets and stuff, some of which have even included like some details and stuff. So if the Rockies position was absolutely not, we wouldn't be here. Well, but, again, yeah. They, and they still end and up I think they would, it would, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to waste other teams times. That's the thing too. I, I think sometimes you might, it's like, it's like making an offer to a free agent when you're like, you're not really interested, but hey, we, yeah. we gave you an offer. Like I, I don't really, I, I think to a degree, all teams have to do that. All teams have to, have those conversations and and whatnot, but but you're right. You don't want to, you don't want to waste anyone's time. I think I think the White Sox thought maybe the Rockies were wasting their time. That's why they moved on and got Cesar Hernandez from Cleveland. But it it is promising. I'll say that obviously that they're still you know that teams are still knocking on the door and saying, "Come on, we're not going to give up." All right, we'll sweeten the pot a little bit more. We'll sweeten the pot a little bit more. And I don't know what it's going to take. Um, I, I know, I know what they're saying and I know what seems reasonable, but I also know, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole PR element to it that you trade Trevor story to the Cardinals. You better be getting back. Well, yeah, really that. <laughs> and they know that, and they know that. And so that. a little bit more than a compensation pick, I, you know, fans going out to Coors Field aren't gonna be like, no, 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 but it was a little bit better than a compensation pick. And, and we all know here, all 35,000 of us at Coors Field know exactly what a compensation pick to some degree, I don't can, can't even necessarily tell you what no. that value is exactly, right? right? But it is promising that they're still fielding phone calls and teams are not totally fed up with them, to, right. to say the least. Yeah, and that's, that's why I wanted to point out on the show yesterday the value of the compensatory pick and all of the really good things that the Rockies have done with that level. So I was like, I'm not sure, like, the, like what the Pirates got for Adam Frazier. Like, that's not – I'd rather have a compensatory pick. Now, what the – you know, and they're all different situations. What the twins just got for Jose Barrios, <laughs> I just said, I'd move, you know, for Luke Voigt. It, it wouldn't be that high for me, but there, there have been some packages like what the Yankees moved out for Gallo. Now, there was a money thing there, and it, they're not, there's no exact comparison, but I'm just saying, I've seen packages sure. of prospects moved for decent players and gone, I'd rather have the, the pick. And I've seen plenty of other packages move for decent players and go, I want that package for sure. So it just, yeah. I I'll say I'll say this. I, I've I've never had that thought, and I also can't think of too many teams that have just taken the compensatory pick. Typically, they they make that trade. Yeah, I, do I, I don't think. And maybe the Rockies will. Maybe the Rockies will because again, um, if those teams are knocking and they they want to make some moves, I mean, it's it's it also would be crazy to think that the Mets, after having already acquired Francisco Lindor, would then go out and get. Trevor Story, but that's the situation they're in, and they may a, need to do yeah, that. They yeah. may need to do that. Yeah, and with some, uh, you, you know, and, and as a rental too, obviously they're tied to yeah. for for quite some time, but they can just find somewhere for for Story for half a season. They need the bat, right? But um, so yeah, the uh, uh, we'll find out. Like you said, we've got a, a couple more hours here. I 
on the I'm pod? Kidding. What? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the chair did. Like, wait, wait, wait. I'm in the bathroom, dude. I'm drinking a coffee. Some popcorn. Get a little hassle cattle beef barbecuing. We're talking all day. Now we're we're about to wrap up here. Um, you know, uh, we'll obviously come back and, and talk. If anything big happens, if they do trade Trevor Story, we'll hop back on and go live and, and talk about it. Um, if they move, you know, CJ Crone, we probably won't do an emergency <laughs> live podcast. Yeah. Or uh, Steves or Bard. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, those kinds of things. Story, if they move him, we'll hop on. We'll we'll go through it. We'll do all of that. Um, but seems unlikely at this point, though it's still out there. Uh, so yeah, and then we'll keep up with this San Diego Padres series and everything that they're doing out there. Uh, unlikely again to get the road win, especially when you got to play a four gamer. You can sneak out a. <laughs> you're not going to sneak three road wins against the Padres, especially now that you've already lost the first game. <laughs> so uh, uh, the road series win will not be on the way. But do we set the over or under at two and a half or one and a half? Before this road trip, for the road two and a half. It was two and a half. Okay, just the under. You just the need. One more. Oh, I need one more road win. Patrick needs them to not win anymore on the road in order for our, our predictions to come true. <laughs> in order in order for the predictions to come true. Thank you, DraftKings Sportsbook, for turning us into these people. All right. Thank you all for listening into this one. We'll be on Twitter. So obviously, if anything happens right away, be in the Discord channel if you're subscribed. You'll be right there for all the rumors leading right up to the moment of the trade deadline. You can follow us on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Priestman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the stuff that you get for that. And, well, I guess and is part of all the stuff that you get for that. The free shirt, the discounts, all the good stuff. So thank you all for continuing to hang out with us all day, every day, talking Colorado Rockies baseball. We appreciate you. We hope you'll continue to be absolutely amazing baseball fans out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.